What's good? What's good, everybody? This your baby Jay Jack in the building. You know what I mean? And we got a special guest in the building. You know, before we get into the the discussion of his career, you know what he what he's done in in his career uh, to where he's at now with Southern Soul, the beginning. Before we go into that, we want to uh, appreciate anybody that's gonna check us out right now. That's gonna listen on the podcast wherever you catch us at. We appreciate y'all. The Star Magazine in the building. Without further ado, we are gonna get into the guest. Uh, Special guest, you know what I mean? We, we so we gonna get into our special guest, Mrs. Benito. Mrs. Benito, tell them. T- let's talk to the people. Let's um, start from the beginning. Let's talk about where it all started and how it began and how you got to the point where you are now. Okay. First of all, I want to address everybody. My name is Benito. Yeah. What you got? Like Spanish. Oh, Benito, Benito, not Benito. But I gotta get that clear because people mess my name up a lot of times. They say Benito. I am Benito. Yes. Okay, I started my career back a long time ago in 1980, 1989 with MC Hammer. MC Hammer was my CEO, my boss. I was traveling on the world, all around the world with him for four and a half, almost five years. I sung on several records with Hammer. The biggest um, records we had was the ones off of the Two Legit to Quit album, which, in which I sung on seven records, and I'm featured on five now. So basically, you can say it's the MC Hammer and Benito album because we did quite a bit of work. And after the Too Legit to Quit tour, we um, set party separate ways and everybody, because he filed bankruptcy. And then everybody, you know, went their separate ways. And I continued my solo career. And um, I had quite a, quite a great solo career also, you know, several years in Los Angeles. I stayed in L.A. for like nine years. Had three albums to date from them from doing R&B. And now I'm doing Southern Soul. So I've been doing Southern Soul now for the last four years. It's going to be five in January. I think it'll be five years in January. So 2019. Yeah. Okay. So what made you um, decide to just jump off into music from the beginning, though? What, what lit a flame to say, this is what I do. I want to sing or I want to rap or... What inspired you to do that from the beginning before you even met MC Hammer? Well, you know, being in a little small town where I'm from, Eldorado, Arkansas, I um, did talent shows. Of course, I sung in the church. Mama brought me up in the church. So um, really, it was like a surprise thing. It wasn't nothing that I had planned out. I, I didn't say I was going to be, you know, an artist and you know, travel the world and sing and be on all these big old records with the biggest entertainer in the world at that time. I had no idea that was going to happen for me in my future. I just, uh, if you look at me, I'm a big guy. You see me in the picture, whatever. I'm a big dude. You know what I'm saying? Six foot three. You know what I'm saying? Right now, right at 300 pounds. But back then, I was that size, almost six, three and a half, four. All, All-American linebacker. My school, third team, All-American, all that. I was from going to school to play football. My, my goal was to be a professional football player. That's all mm-hmm. I thought about. But uh, I was streamlined. I was, as uh, Bobby Boucher said, fine-tuned machine. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, no uh, doubt. I, look more, I look more like a bodyguard than anything, the way I was you know, built. So anyway, mm-hmm. I went down Grambling State University. Big shout-out to HBC schools, baby. Salute all around the world. We love y'all. Um, and I met MCM at uh, Grambling State back in 1989. And that night, went back to audition for him, which I didn't plan on that either. 
my best friend was Hammer's cousin, his first cousin. He introduced me to Hammer. And Hammer said, I want to sign you to my record label, my brother. Have you ever made records before? I was like, yo, no. But uh, call my mama, because I don't believe you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, being a, a young guy from the country, I was just 19, 18, 19 years old. And he called my mom's. And she said, yeah, he can go. And the oh. next thing I know, I'm in California, in the studio, recording, all of that, with 357, with Hammer, a lot of other groups he had. I was doing background vocals for them. I was a Nate Dog or the T-Pain singing hooks before they even became who they were. It's just that my popularity as an artist or who I was, a lot of people knew me, but they didn't know it was me doing all that singing on the records and all that. But at the particular time, Hammer was grooming me to become out as to come out as a solo artist. I didn't come out as a solo artist under Hammer's label. I came out as a solo artist on my own when I left him. Then I did my solo career. And everything has been that way ever since. It's been great ever since. Oh, that's awesome. No, so no. finding your your creative style to say, okay, once I came from up under this umbrella, now it's my time to shine on my own. How did you learn to drift and transition, shall I say, to your own style, to your own way of doing things? Well, you gotta understand, I'm I'm an RB singer. I sung RB. I was always a singer. I was singing for a rapper. So Hammer had the rap thing on lock. So me. Being with him, being around all the other producers from Teddy Riley to the Babyface to everybody, Jimmy Jim, Terry Lewis, back then at their height, I knew music. Also, I was in the road with Devontae. Devontae was my real close friend. You know what I'm saying? We ain't talked in a couple of years, but Devontae from Jodeci, you know, the producers over there with Boys and Men, we was all on the road together. So I knew all them cats. A lot of cats that was on the, in their bands or whatever, they was producers too. So I was ready to do whatever. You know, I had to. I had all the connects. I just put it like that. So when I left Hammer and went on my own in my solo career, I had all the connections with everybody. I just linked up and did what I had to do. Okay, okay. That sounds like a plan. So what is, like, non-musical or musical, um, who can you pay homage to to say, okay, this is who I listened to growing up or I mimicked this person, which then in turn gave me my own kind of style who would you pay homage to saying that? Not only MC Hammer, because he kind of helped to pave the way for you, but whom else will you, you know, give credit to or say, you know, I grew up listening to Marvin Gaye or I grew up listening to this person. Who else can you, um, you know, bring forth or pay homage to? Old school, I would say um, Stevie Wonder, Freddie Jackson. Those are some of my mentors in music. When I was coming up as a kid, but when I got into my teens, my my favorite artist, even though he's going through a lot right now, his name is getting bashed all in the music industry right now, was Aaron Hall from Guy. <laughs> Aaron is my is my guy. That's my dude. I mean, Aaron, that's my guy. And uh, I wrote I wrote one of the biggest records Aaron Hall ever had. I'm the original writer for I Miss You. I wrote that record, but at the particular time. I was a kid and I didn't know about publishing and writers. I was signed to Busted Records, which was Hammer's label. And I was signed to Busted Publishing. When I signed my contract, I didn't know that all those rights were taken away from me as an artist. So I was always told, 
keep on writing, keep on writing, keep on producing, keep on producing. You know, that's what I was doing in the camp, along with me doing the stuff I was doing with Hammer. Hammer saw the potential in me. That's why he signed me. So he knew I could do this, but unfortunately, my record got taken from me. And it was crazy, Crystal and J-Rock, how I found out my record had been taken. I was here back at home in, in Eldorado, Arkansas, and I heard it on the radio. And I was listening to the song. There's a radio station out of Monroe, Louisiana, playing it. I'm like, wait a minute. That's my record. But that ain't me singing. Because I know the runs. I know how I do what I do. I'm like, who is that? And I immediately got on the phone and called Hammer. Mm-hmm. I said, Hammer, somebody stole my song. He's like, what? I said, somebody stole my song, man. The song I wrote, I Miss You, for my album. Somebody stole it. He's like, no, nah, ain't nobody stole it. I've got to tell you. We sold the song to Aaron Hall. Wow. I said, you sold it? I said, you didn't ask, you didn't tell me nothing about it. He said, Benito, you signed under my label, man. I can do what I want to do with your music. I was like, wow, really? Oh, okay. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When you get back, I got something for you. Don't mm-hmm. trip. I got something for you get back. Because I was home visiting for the holidays for Christmas. Right. And when I got back, I think he gave me three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, something like that. I can't remember. But that was a pacifier. I was a passive. I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. I just rolled with it, you know. And I told my mother, I let my mom like, she said, baby, if you wrote that song, you can write a hundred more. Don't trip. It's okay. Remember, she was more on the thing of what he did for you. You right. with him. Don't trip. He's taking care of you. You out there with him. You've been with him for years. Mm-hmm. She better trust him. Don't worry about it. And that's what happened. Now, I don't take nothing from Aaron. Aaron took the record and made it a hit record. He did his thing, but I think it would have been a hit with me, too. Uh, if yeah. I had the same backing. You know, but he had a little bit more than that because he's already, you know, known for the group guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something. I'm not even throwing shade, but I'm going to say it like it is. Has Aaron, has, another, has Aaron ever had another hit record like that record? No, he haven't. Okay. He haven't. So that's, mm-hmm. that's my question. And, that. I look, and I know it. <laughs> I know it. I know for sure what's going on. It was another incident that y'all don't know about, but I'll tell you about it right quick. When the record came out and after I left him, my mother told me to leave it alone, but I was hard-headed. So I had a real good friend over at Warner Chapel Publishing in Los Angeles. And she said that Aaron was over there trying to get a, a publishing deal with his, with his friends. And uh, the deal was for a quarter million dollars and they had to produce 10 songs they told them they wanted 10 more I shoes. That was their deal. We did a quarter million dollars, 250000 So they did their production. They did. They, they delivered all 10 songs, you know, because they were going to put them on Mariah Carey, you know, Nita Baker, whoever they had under their label. They were going to sell the songs to them, do their thing, like they always do. Now, the one of the songs they presented, they said, wait a minute. This ain't, this ain't that feel. None of these songs sound like these I'm in shoes or whatever, not in that rim. What's going on? My friend, I said her name. My name was Daphne. She was over there on the staff. She said, I want to say something because she was in the meeting. They like, yeah. They said, the reason why those songs don't sound like I'm in shoes because Aaron didn't write it. And like, okay, well, who wrote the song? She said, my friend Benito wrote it. Okay. Where's he at? Why why is he not in the meeting? So they asked him, Aaron, did you write that song? No, 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 no. I put my own twist on it. 
But I, I got the song. I bought the song from uh Oh, so you didn't produce the song. You didn't have the same producers either. So you ain't got that feel. See, stuff is spiritual. You feel mm -hmm. me? Yeah. And that's where it was. And he didn't have it. So he wound up getting a deal, but he he produced. He got, he got a portion of the money, but he didn't get all the money because they, they pulled a deal off the table after he didn't deliver. Then they started looking for me. Right. <clears throat> when they started looking for me, <clears throat> I put my lawyer in it and my lawyers to get on it. And uh, after we got through talking to him, they didn't want to deal with me because they didn't want to pay me mm. like they paid him. But it was all off of popularity and off of what he had did off the record prior. So I guess they didn't feel like I said, okay, oh, well, you yeah. let a good somewhere to go. But anyway, that's one of my old stories, right? I don't know. Right. So they took no part over talent, basically, in that, in that sense, in that aspect. But I guess in, in all, it was a learned lesson. It kind of uh, put you on your toes to say, look, um, yeah, you got me once, never again. Let me get no. up. Let me gain some knowledge and get about my business. So, yeah. That's but when I started studying and learning the business of music. I mean, I always did when I was with Hammer anyway, because his brother, Louis Burrell, was my mentor. Hammer's brother was, was the brain behind everything. A lot of people think Hammer was the only one that did all this stuff. But in, in, in any type of business, you got to have a machine behind you. And Hammer's brother, his whole family was involved. Mm -hmm. Everybody was involved in his in his career as far as making who he is today and all that. Uh, Louis Burrell was the mastermind. Louis literally took Hammer from making $1,500 a show. Or, well, I take that back. $3,000 a show to 30000 Literally overnight. He did a show one weekend. They came back to him. He had to deal, got to deal with capital. When we got to deal with capital, say he's no longer that cheap. You got to give him 30 grand. And he got 30,000. His first 30,000 on the show was the next show after that. And he never looked back. Wow. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's yeah. up. So, yep. in your, so with your career, um, have you done any collaborations and how was that process? How did it make you more creative and collaborating with other people? Because, you know, sometimes people just want to be a standalone person. And they can be successful as a standalone person, but sometimes pulling in those extra uh, people or well-known or bigger uh, label people can kind of help you, you know, go. Not cut you off. No. When I first in my solo career, I had a lot of collaboration with different producers, great producers that's produced platinum and gold records. Mm -hmm. all over the world and other singers i had a singing coach working with me when i first started his name is Ephraim galloway mm -hmm. but he retired from the game he's he moved back home he, he stays in mobile alabama now all he does is fish every day <laughs> and he does he's still a wonderful singer and a, and a vocal coach another one of my great friends producer that's producing right now and still does and produce for everybody from gospel groups to uh the temptations so you name his name is Ivan Johnson. Mm -hmm. Ivan right now is currently the, the, the music director for Kim. So, and you know Kim. Kim is a, is a perfectionist. He also uh, is a music director for Club Nouveau. He plays with them sometimes. Sometimes he plays with Tony, Tony, Tony. He's from mm -hmm. the Bay. He's from Sacramento. Well, he's actually from Oakland, but he stays in Sacramento now. So Ivan is a great producer. One of my other great producers that produced I Miss You, and produced a lot of songs on my first album, Benito, Show Me Some Love, is a great brother. He never 
cross all the way over. He was in the church. And his minister, Derek Hall. No okay. relation to Aaron Hall whatsoever. But he's the one that played the keys. He's the one that produced the music for I Miss You and a lot of other records that I've had and others out there in the industry. He stayed in there maybe about five, six years. But he said he, he stopped because God told him, uh-uh. He's been to church ever since. Well, you know, that's that's always a blessing. Hey, yeah. Yeah, that boy bad though. He's he's a man, he's man. When it comes to playing keys, he's he's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh yeah. that's what's up. So being at the music um industry now is so much different. It it evolves or changes every so many years whether it's business wise um writing wise or however how what advice would you give to others to to um help them along the way so that they may not go through the same things you went through it's like okay i went through this so let me give you the game so you don't have to experience that the game is totally different now you have more information plus back in my day you had to read you had to get books and read and they wasn't really telling you the best teacher is always hands-on experience is always the greatest teacher but for the most point a lot of the cats they used to call the thing back in the day gatekeepers mm -hmm. and if you didn't seek it you didn't get it and a lot of them would would only grab and uh you know embrace certain people teach them certain knowledge us being people of color we don't learn a lot of things that they know they know that will hinder us and hold us back and keep us you know from advancing the way we need to advance and what are we trying to do and you know every time we start learning the game and become smarter by asking questions and doing better what they always do they change the rules in the middle of the game so i would advise anybody that's trying to get the businessman a music business become a singer writer whatever it may be learn the business first learn it first before you pursue it because people will talk you into doing things that you ain't used to doing and you, before you know it, you've been on road a hit or something, and your song will get taken from you, and you'll never make a dime off of it because they go in there, administrate it, and do everything that you should have done as a learner, and before you know it, it's over. So, being that, um, what's my next question? So, going through those tough times and going through different stuff, how did you navigate that through the? Uh, through the music in in I can't even speak tonight. How did you navigate those challenges as you went through your career? Well, for one, like I said, I learned I learned a lot about the business before I left Hammer mm -hmm. from his brother. All I'm not is from his brother going to meetings and sitting and watching. Cause I was always I've always I've been that way since I was a little kid. I've been very very uh, you know saying curious to learn things and and be amongst elders and and respect the elders and want to pick their minds so I can be smarter and more clever in what I do. Mm -hmm. So, but I never was ever malicious with it. Like some people do, they get it and they use it for the wrong. And, and, and it winds up showing in the end and people not liking you. I'm a very likable person, but not going to run your question. Mm -hmm. I was just, just for me learning the game and knowing I had some trial and error because when I first started my solo career after I left Hammer and went on my own, mm -hmm. my cousin, Mr. Fred Martin, he started a label. We started a label together called Martin Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I could have named the label anything we wanted to, but me being respectful to my cousin because he was investing his money in me, I wanted to be named after him. So he's like, okay, cool. But I was the head of the label. He said, you know everything, Nito. So mm -hmm. 
don't you just run everything? You be the president. I'm the CEO. I'll be in the background, and you run everything because you you the star. I don't want to be out front. I just want to make the money on the backside. I say, ain't no problem. Let's right. do it. Uh, shake hands and blood, whatever. Contracts, we did contracts too, but it's more because we family first. Right. Money can always come and go. You know the old man rule. Two things we're going to fall out of, no money and no women. Right. So he knew I was used to money. I was used to being around women. So that wasn't the problem. Let's get this money. Let's get in the game and let's see how it really is. So when he called me, I was back here in Arkansas. I was, I was at my mother's house just trying to figure out what I want to do. Did I want to go back to California? Did I want to pursue my career? Because it's right at the hammer now, right? Right. So he called me one day and said, cuz, I want to start a record label. I was like, what? And at that time, everybody was doing independent labels around the country, from Atlanta to New York to L.A. to wherever. I'm already knowing here in L.A., so you got to have money in Los Angeles anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the record labels are. So I was like, cuz, you know how much it costs to have a label? Because I'm thinking they probably got a couple thousand. Maybe 12, 15. I said, they ain't gonna get it. He said, What? What it what, what it run? I said, cuz we're gonna need at least two hundred fifty thousand to start out with. Mm -hmm. He said, Well, it ain't nothing. I got that. I said, You got what? <laughs> I didn't want to ask him where you got the money from. Right. He said, I got that. He said, I got that and some. He said, What I'm gonna do is tomorrow, I'm gonna go to the bank and I'm gonna set about three hundred thousand to the side. Is that enough to start? I said, Is that enough? Yeah. I said, but to be honest with you, cuz, just make it five. Do a half a million. Right. He said, okay. He said, okay. Mama. <laughs> Fred said, you got a half a million. <laughs> you think he lied? That very day, he said, man, go get a flight and be in LA in the morning, man. Be here in the morning. I need you to be here in the morning so we can go handle this business. I said, cousin, you lying to me, man. He said, Nito, go. Matter of fact, someone call somebody right now. He called one of his friends. His friend came where I was, gave me a thousand dollars, and said, "Go catch the next flight out of Arkansas to Los Angeles." I said, "He for real." I packed up my stuff I had, mm -hmm. got on the next flight the next morning. The flight left at six a.m. from Little Rock, Arkansas. I made to Los Angeles around by eight thirty, right? Mm -hmm. Cali time, but it was behind. Anyway, got there. My cousin picked me up at the airport. Went to the hotel. He said, "I got a condo for us." And uh, but it ain't finished yet. So I want you to, to get in the hotel and call all your producers, all your everybody you need to do, what we need to do, and go and start producing your album. Get what, whatever whatever they want, we'll pay them. I'm like, what? So I call my friends, the ones I did, I miss you. I mean, we first, Derek yeah. Hall, Evan Galloway, and Ivan. I call them. And between Ivan and Derek, I produced my first album, Show Me Some Love. They produced all the songs on there. I did 11 songs. They produced all of them. I went independent. In the midst of me doing that, me and my cousin, you know, going back. It's like I, I, I did the album about three and a half, four months. I recorded the whole album. I'm seeing everybody while I'm up in the Bay, back and forth. But I, I wasn't really communicating with Hammer at the time. You know, I wasn't mad or nothing. I just was doing my own thing. Right. And, you know, then one day in the studio, I'm mean, recording my stuff. In walks Larry Blackman. You know who Larry Blackman is? I don't. Uh -huh. I don't. Yeah, the lead singer from, from Cameo. Okay. Word up. Yeah. Charles oh. and Word. One, Mohawk and the yeah. Jockey Strap. Yes. And he's listening. He walked in. He's like, yeah, I'm coming to get one of my songs from one of the producers. 
He said, "Hey man," he said, um, "What's your name?" I said, "My name is Benito." He said, "Hey Benito," he said, "Man, you you, you got a uh, you got a record deal?" I said, "No." I said, "We just doing it right now. We're gonna shop it. When I finish the album, we're gonna button it up and we're gonna shop it in L.A. to the highest bidder." He said, "Man, I can get you a record deal tomorrow. I can walk you right in and get you a deal." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "For real?" He said, "Yeah, it's a new label that's running in uh, Los Angeles by the name of Raging Bull Records, and mm-hmm. they signing up everybody and getting out some good money." I said, "Okay, I check into it." He said, when you want to finish the album? I said, probably about another two or three weeks. When I get finished, I'll call you. When I got finished the album, I called Larry. Larry stayed in LA at the time. We come, went up, met him in Hollywood. He said, follow me over to the office. Found him to the office, walked me in, told the, the CEO, his name was Joe Iscro, famous Italian uh, mafia affiliate slash gangster. <laughs> I didn't know all this at the time. I found this out afterwards okay. and walked up in and um, he said, he listened to my songs. He said, Larry, you brung him. He got to be real. What do you want to do? He said, I want to sign him. And we talked about numbers and percentages. Okay, let's do it. I got the distribution in place. Let's roll. We was with AEC Distribution, which was a strong West Coast distribution company. Just like, I mean, like any major, they did all the major stuff too. And we wound up signing with Raging Bull. Martin Entertainment slash Raising Bull slash AEC distribution. And there it was, as simple as that. I was in the process before all this other scandal came about, which I love my boy. He was doing two songs for me. Mm-hmm. Guess who that was? Who was that? Guess who was producing two? R. Kelly. And how was that working with Robert? That was a, that, the thing that happened was we didn't get a chance to finish up, do anything really, because the scandal came up about the videos. Remember the videos, the, the sex tape? Yeah. That was during that time. And okay. it got ugly. And mm-hmm. we had to pull back. But uh, Robert was getting ready to reintroduce me. He's trying to reintroduce me as not as a new artist, but as like his little brother. That's where he was going to play it. Like, yo, little brother, what's up? Yo, Benito, you know, in a song. I had a song I did already, and he was remixing it, called He Say, She Say. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, it's on uh, Spotify. It's on all of the, the platforms. You can go look it up, Benito, He Say, She Say. Okay. R. Kelly was remixing, he was remixing it. And we was going to reintroduce myself through Raging Bull and my label as with that record. That's the record we was going to come out with. And Kels mm-hmm. was going to stick on it. He was going to introduce me. So I'd have instantly been on. I said, man, yes, we done did it. Come out the gate swinging. We ready, baby. Right. And everything, everything fell apart. We had to go with what we had because he got in trouble. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. but, but all for a reason, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So after that, I stayed with Raging Bull, Raging Bull for about two years. And after two years, the, the relationship exhausted, you know, because we didn't really feel like they was doing what we thought they should have been doing. We was doing what we were supposed to do anyway. But like I said, everything was trial and error. When you're an independent label, you can't expect no label to push you. You got to do it yourself. We was on that Master P grind. We was, right. Because we, we was in the time, we seeing all of this. Remember, when I did my solo career, it was during the time that Biggie would just come out. Mm-hmm. Pac was on his, on his ride. Everything was in the midst of it. And I was right there. I saw a lot of it. I went to a lot of those death row parties. You know, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of things happen. And I had another insight on death row. 
that a lot of people didn't know. God rest her soul in peace. Jewel. Jewel was my cousin's baby mother's best friend. Okay. So she would always come to the condo and tell us everything. <laughs> so we knew everything <laughs> going on over there at Death Row back then. <laughs> it was nothing to hear about what was happening over there at the camp. Right. And, uh, you know, with Dad's corrupt Snoop or whoever it might have been, you know, Dad's Dillinger, all of them, we knew. So, um, I was um, chilling one day after we exhausted our thing with Raging Bull. And I was going to the cleaners, well, not to the, uh, uh, yeah, the cleaners to get my clothes out. And I was playing my, my song, my new song is called Shake and Bake in my truck. And this little dude walked up to me to my, hey, man, you know, singing that song out there in the, in the truck, that song sounds good. I like that. I like, yeah, I said, that record is me. He said, get out of here. You ain't no singer, man. You're a bodyguard. I said, who are you, dude? You know what I'm saying? He said, my name is Ernie. My name is Ernie Singleton. I said, Ernie Singleton? D. Ernie Singleton? Motown? Ernie Singleton? He said, uh, yeah, that'll be me. I said, man, hey, man, glad to be. Hey, bro, what's up, bro? I'm like, you an icon of this. He said, well, if you want to call it that. At the time, Ernie had just finished closing out the deal and teaching Tamika how to run uh, Ruthless Records for Easy e Okay. He had control of Easy es estate. Once uh, Easy died, because she didn't know how to run nothing, she didn't know how to, do, to run the company. So Ernie stepped in. He had to run his company for about two or three years. He was the mastermind, and, and besides Easy them, behind Bone Thugs and Harmony and all of them, them guys. So he had a good mechanism and a good vehicle to work with. So he branched out and wanted to start his own label called Fully Loaded Records mm -hmm. slash Sonic. And he said, "Man, I got a new label. I mean, it's just like God just blessing over and over and over." He said, and I like that record I hear outside. Can I take it with me? I said, hold up, bro. Oh, oh. I done got robbed before. Wait right. a minute. My record ain't, <laughs> ain't got a copywritten yet. You know what I'm saying? We just recorded that like last week. So mm -hmm. I'm just listening to it and I'm going to see if I want to change some things or not. And I called my cousin and said, cuz, should I get him the record? He said, who is it? I said, it's, a, it's D. Ernie Singleton, dude. The one that ran Motown. Had Pat LaBelle, Luther Vandross, uh, Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, all of them, bro. In Universal Records. He Motown. He's okay. Get to him. We ain't tripping. He gives any problem. We, we're coming, you know. I said, okay. It'll be some gangster stuff going on. Okay. So, yeah, my cousin was no joke. So, anyway, we um, gave him a record. He said, I want to meet with you and your cousin next week, man, because we'll hit me with my label. Okay. When he and, we didn't know at the time, he was actually looking for some partners to invest mm -hmm. in his label. But we looked at it like this. This was a plug for us because we had to go through different avenues and we wouldn't have got the same deal we got with him by putting our money in too, helping him lunch with it because he already had, he had everything sold up on the business side. So I couldn't do nothing but go, right. you know? Exactly, exactly. We, we got with our lawyers and got with his lawyers. We made it happen. I was a raging bull for about, I mean, <laughs> I was with fully loaded. I was in Martin Entertainment slash Fully Loaded slash Stop Sunny Record for almost four years. For almost oh, four years in was, L.A. You had a good run. It had your foot in the door in many places. We went almost gold, but once again, run to this obstacle. Mm -hmm. When you're independent, even though my guy had all these accolades and all these things on his resume, mm -hmm. the industry hates. He was independent. He wasn't working for the big machine no more. He wanted to do his own. We don't want you to have no big success as an independent label. So we're going to slow the 
even though we had the money and everything to do and the power. Right. But they had the power, power to make it fly or just sit. They kept giving us obstacles, you know, always something. And I was signed in with them, and we had our distributor was was uh, Sony Music, Red Distribution. So we had major international distribution, everything, shot videos, did good, went almost gold, one of my records. But we didn't hit that gold mark. So we was like, man, what we got to do? Arnie reached out to his good friend. And you can look this up. It's on my documentary I have on uh, YouTube. Okay. Be first black billionaire of America, Bob Johnson. BT. Ernie, Ernie and Bob were best friends. They were classmates in college. So Bob said, hey, I want to start a record label. Didn't want to do a record label, but I couldn't do it because I own BT. And that would be a conflict of interest. Because I control all the videos that be shown by all these labels. Mm. And these labels know that me and you are linking up to do a label record deal because I'm going to play everything you got. I'm going to blast it. So you, you, one word, Benito, you're going to be on everything I got. I'm going to make you a star. I'm going to yeah. make you a star. And pretty much that's what happened. He, he launched it. And uh, we want to sign a deal with, with Bob Johnson. And we, uh, as Bob said, before we go public, and I put us on, you know, stock market. Mm -hmm. I want to finish the deal with Disney World. And he's like, okay. So Bob did the deal with Disney World, and I was the first artist to perform on the stage at the BT Soundstage in Orlando, Florida. If you ever get a chance to go to Treasure Island in Orlando, Florida, Disney World. Yep. Huh? I went in the. You uh, go to Treasure Island. I went back in 97. My high school. Huh? Uh, I went back in 90 school, 97, my high school, my senior trip. We went to Treasure Island uh, after seven. Uh, I think Aaliyah, some of those had uh, performed there that, that that weekend we was there. So, yeah, I know exactly well, I, what you're talking about. Yeah. Look at that. See? What a coincidence. So, <laughs> I was the first one to perform on that stage. I christened it, and my picture is on the wall. When you go to the BT Soundstage Cafe on Treasure Island, you'll see my picture on the wall as one of the first artists to perform on that stage. The week we did it, I was there when Destiny Child first started. Beyonce and all them. Destiny Child, my boy was there, Jerry Levert from uh, LSG, you know, Key Sweat and him and, and, and Johnny, all them. Um, Jay-Z was there. Uh, he hadn't met Beyonce yet. Well, she was just a child. She was 17 then. So he met Beyonce years later. But my partner that was with me, Dominico, was on Beyonce. He had her. <laughs> he had her. She was going. But, you know, of course, Tina was like, hey, uh-uh, no. No, 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 no. Hey, my partner named Dominico. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Never forget it. Uh, Dominico man, had uh, a going, boy. Hey, Benito, we had a couple questions. There's been a couple comments in there, so we wanted to get to uh, some of the comments. We've got quite a few viewers been watching. Quite a few people been pushing like and love, so they're checking you out and all the good stories. I can't see nothing. Been, all I, mean, I see is y'all, too. <laughs> it's on there. I don't even have my glasses on, so I'm I'm like trying to squint yeah. to read. I can't read. I can't read nothing. All I do is see y'all. <laughs> yeah, we got one question. What Quan Chi said? What was the hardest part in beginning your music career? What was the hardest part to start? What meaning? Meaning? I said I don't know what the meaning of it. My solo career. 
or when I got with Hammer. I mean, yeah, at the beginning, like you, when you was young, when you first got in, like what what were the trials and tribulations you had to go through, or you seen that, like in the beginning, like what was like where was you felt was real tough, and you had to learn that helped you get, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna add a little bit, like what was the struggle that you seen like early, because I know you was a teenager when you started, like going into your twenties, uh, for somebody that's young. That, that you know, what was something like a struggle? Breaking up real bad. Breaking up terribly bad. I don't even know what you just said, but I say this: in the beginning, I met Hammer. That was that. Was, I'm saying it was easy, but I was put automatically put in to a program that was already rolling. Now, when I became a solo artist on my own, it was different, and the, the great difference in that was I had money behind me. I had mm. access to money. You can't do nothing without no money. And my cousin, <laughs> I love him. I, I take a bullet. Well, hang on. I took a bullet for him. Anyway, yeah, to this day, I love my cousin Fred. Fred invested in me. We spent over, we spent about maybe a million and a half, two, two million dollars on me mm. being who I am to make me and me getting those deals with Ernie Singleton and signing with Bob Johnson and all them. Man, we spent a lot of money, man, because that was the thing about it with, with independency. You gotta have money. If you ain't got no bread, they ain't gonna hear you. They ain't gonna even listen to you. You don't get no breaks. Yeah. Don't nobody yeah. care. They all reaching for the same goal. Everybody trying to win. Yeah. So you gotta find clever ways of maneuvering and do what you do and get in. See, it's one thing I don't see nobody doing no more, really. And I know what's your name, Crystal? Uh-huh. Crystal I mean, stay in Atlanta, right? You stay in Atlanta. I, I do. You, listen, I'm gonna tell you something because you used to work at CNN. You don't never hear these cats talking about I got a publicist. No mm. more. <laughs> huh? I said, I'm still at I got a, Okay, you still there. Okay, okay, so you know about the publicists. See, okay. they yeah. almost become dormant to artists. Artists don't know what that is. Uh, mm. I don't have a lawyer. Now, most of the rappers do. They have a, a lawyer on retainer or whatever, but it's for the wrong reason. Right. Not the right, the wrong. So we had attorneys we had to pay for everything. And it made things go much smooth, smoother and simpler, you know, when you're doing it, but so my, my advice to you, what's the name again? Quanti. What's your guy's name? Quanti. Quanti. Quanti, whatever. My brother. Quanti. Gotta have that bread, bro. Or they ain't gonna let you in the dough. They don't wanna hear nothing else. It's all about money, homie. It's all about money. Even with the yeah. tax. So what? He said, huh? say appreciate, he said, appre he said, appreciate it for answering the question. So he said, appreciate it. Most much much love, much love. Okay, so what you saying, Crystal? I, what I was saying was in writing. Um, what gets your creative juices flowing? Like you say, you had some some songs you named off quite a few. Um, what's the process in putting a name to them, or what it was the process in writing? I know I I have wrote several books, so me, I guess it'll be a different aspect in writing books than it is to send down and write music. Do you have to have a beat to go off of first, and then you just catch that, and, and you you start to write, or how does that work with you? My musical inclinement, I, I have a, I guess, a special gift. I've got, I used to be a beatboxing champ. I used to beatbox, <laughs> so I got rhythms and stuff going in my head, and music in my head all the time. So when I write, I basically write off experiences or things, basically what I see and what I hear. A lot of my songs are written off of fantasy. I mean, you know, not not true things I've been through, but I fantasize them and put it in words. Um, 
A lot of the others were made off of situations I seen my friends go through. Like something like you ain't you went through that Benito? No, I didn't go through that, but I wrote about it and I had to mention no names who I wrote it about. So I knew their situation and they're like, man, you wrote a song about me. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, the creativity comes from all different places. I can say this, and I'm not bragging, but I can brag about it. I've never drank or smoked in my life. So I don't need anything to enhance my uh, ability to write them, bring my writing things to forefront. It just comes and goes. I think I just I think I wrote the best record of my life just recently. And I released it about four or five months ago. And the record is called Just Wanna Love You. It's out right now on all social media platforms. And Just Wanna hey, Love You is one of the best, even better than I miss you. But hey, it takes money fact, to push stuff. Huh? Matter of fact, matter of fact uh, you just said that. Do you want to play the video? I got it on I got it on cue if you want to play it. Yeah, let's you see. can. Yeah, let's yeah. I want, I want Chris to see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't just say that my, right my, my, my video gonna speak for itself. Let's check it right out. There. We finna check it out, but it's Benito. Benito just wanna love you. You wanna tell him anything Ladies about like, the concept? You. Huh? <laughs> you wanna tell him anything before they see it, like the concept of you making it? What was the process? You wanna tell them a little bit about what they finna see? Look. I'm big into crystals and everything right now, right? It's a crystal cross. You see it? Crystal cross. Hold it dear to me. Crystals, rocks, power. I understand the universe now in a whole different way. I wrote that song thinking about God, the element of man. And I said, the way that my spirit is made up, that I want to love my creator, I want to love a woman the same way. And how can I express this? What, what, give, give me the words to say, Lord. And it took me a couple of months. But all of a sudden, one night, I woke up out of my sleep and put pen to paper and came to this, this record you're about to hear. And it just flowed, bro. And I knew it was right. Yeah. I felt it. I, I knew it was right. Now, That's what's the world can hear. I want to love you as a woman, just like I love the Lord. I love my creator. I just want to love you, baby. Yeah, that's a good concept. Ah, right? Salute. Salute. And, and we finna play the video from his career to Hammer to right here to, to Southern Soul to Just Wanna Love You. Here it go, right here. We finna play it. Let's go, bro. You know something, baby? All of my life, I've searched for somebody like you. Things that make you really, really happy. I wanna know, can I always keep a smile upon your face? I wanna know, will you love me through the summer, spring, winter, and fall? I realize you went to me that says it all. There is something special about you. I can't hide it. I'm crazy about you, baby. Spend the rest of my life with you, darling. Through thick and thin, you're the one that kept me grounded. Never that I thank you. These words I say to you are very true. 
Sometimes people get into relationships. Look, I'm going into my win life talk podcast. Sometimes when you know people get into relationships, they don't know or they go into it for all the wrong reasons and not understanding the true meaning of love. If we're speaking of God's love, we'll say agape love. So yeah, I, I like that song. That's something I, I have in my rotation. Most definitely. Okay, appreciate that. What yeah. what it is is that I realize that I look around me every day and I see it. We we've lost our sense of love for each other. We mm -hmm. see so much of the other harm that brothers do to each other on a daily basis, yeah. as well as, I mean, 
and it's like most of them saying he, he weak, he, you know, he'll suck uh, a simp. Hey, bro, it's all about loving you. You, Crystal, the black woman, because you're the most important thing on this earth. I mean, yeah. everything derives and comes from you, woman as well as man. And yes. we must understand we got to protect y'all, man. If we don't, we'll have nothing. The race will be over. If you die, if the black woman die, everything died. Because she is Mother Earth. Everything derived from her. Every every nationality, every color came from the sister, the black woman. Mm -hmm. Most they never get it twisted. They can tell us whatever they want to tell us, but I know the <laughs> truth. And you oh, do too. Most definitely. I agree with you 100%. I tell people all the time. Like, you can't base nothing off of, you know, I tell my sister or people who have boys, when they get in trouble or they yell at them, they say, oh, stop crying. What you crying for? I said, let that per let that young man express his feelings. Allow him to do so because you don't want him to go in life and then he get a woman and he can't cry in front of her. He can't be vulnerable in front of her. He got to be strong. He got to be tough. And it's like, no, let that down. Let it loose because that's what I want to see. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we want vulnerable. We want you to be able to be in that loving space because if you can love yourself and your family, then, baby, you can love me right. That's right. And the thing is, I just talked about this last night on, on another podcast, is that, brothers, we both come from the woman. And you all can be manipulative at times. But it's only because we come from you. That's a part of the spirit of you as a woman. Woman and woman. Every man has it. That's why it says it's hard for a woman to raise a boy or a son by herself. He needs a father in his life for guidance. Because there's things that a man can tell your son Got him. You can't teach him. Exactly. So he needs a fatherly figure in his life, whether he has it or not. Now, a lot of women do great jobs, but for the most point, when it comes to manipulating and having that man be in a certain way, his mama guides him. She yeah. she has that she has an ability to manipulate him to do things he normally wouldn't do because he loves mama. Right. And that's all it's been. It's feminine side. That's all it's been. That's we it. all got it in us. It's a part of tapping into it. So yes, you're absolutely right. All that hard, don't cry. A man ain't supposed to, man, forget that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you out there by yourself, it's just you and your family. Who gonna love you more than your family? Who gonna love you more than anything? Mama. Exactly. Da Daddy teach you how to be hard. Yeah. Mama gonna love you and show you that correction. Come here, baby. Grab yeah. you and console you. You mm -hmm. always go to mama. When you came from the mama's breast, from a baby, if you had breast milk or whatever it was, who, who kept taking care of you more than anybody? Yeah, daddy had you for a little while, but that it was always mama. Right. So we're gonna nurture you. Your daddy gonna teach you life lessons. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yes, Miss Pam. That's my cousin Pam. That is him. She asking us that you I don't have my glasses on. But yes, that is him in the flesh. Like yes. living color. We have him here today. Talk to him. He'll talk back, I promise. <laughs> that song that you just heard. Yes. The producer, the producer of that record. It's from a little town down the street from me called Huddick, Arkansas. But he stays in Little Rock now. His name is Chris Roach. So big shout out to the to the Roach family. And their whole family is full of musicians. You know what I'm saying? They all grew up playing the drums, the bass, guitar, the keyboards. Chris yeah. is a wonderful, wonderful producer. He also just produced a song, um, George Benson. That he's oh. playing out. Well, he produced it a couple years ago. He just re-released it, remastered it. It's out now. And my videographer is Mr. Michael Young Sr. My he, he shot most of my videos that I have out now on YouTube. Uh, we've probably shot in 12 videos. 
Okay. For all the songs I released on Summer Soul and everything else, he's shouting all my videos for me primarily. He's a wonderful video videographer. The brother's yeah. dope. That's what's up. I always say Arkansas um, have some talented uh, uh, artists coming from out of Arkansas. My dad came, born and raised uh, Camden, Arkansas. Uh, guitarist, traveled the world. Okay, Camden, Queen City. Yep. Yeah. Traveled the we world. got a guy represented right now to the fullest. His name is Taki Willis. He, mm -hmm. he's, he's, a, uh, he's a blogger on Facebook and he's going to he went viral. He's doing his thing. Taki, Taki Willis in Camden, Queen City, stand up. Do it, boy. Do it big. Represent the state, baby. Yeah. Good. Up. So how do you target your audience? Or um, is it something you have to, because, you know, branding and marketing and all that good stuff comes into play. How do you say, okay, this is the audience I want to target? Did you, do you, I want to say, put yourself in a box? Or do you just say, okay, I want my music to be for everybody, no matter the age group? Well, I said I talked to some of my, my people in my in my camp and we, we strategize it in this in this sense. I'm a big guy. So I think that I'm handsome, good looking, to be an older man. So we're gonna market you to the cougar market. <laughs> women, women that's established that uh we say twenty-five and up. I really don't want to say twenty-five because I'm still kids. I would say thirty, thirty-five and up to sixty. That's my that's my Music range with most of the women who follow me on my lives, on my podcast I do every week, you know, every every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Facebook. And I'm going to start doing it on YouTube. Okay. But um, it, what it is, is that they're more mature. So they understand me and what I'm saying and they understand my music better. My, my music, kids can listen to it. Mm -hmm. I do songs to some kids, but most of my music is made for the older, mature crowd, crowd now. And it's about love. I'm about love and respect and, and loving a woman and teaching her, you know, showing her that there are some still some good guys out there that still have a little shivery in them and every dog, every guy ain't no dog, you know, and um, that's what I roll it on. I'm the teddy bear. I'm the teddy bear of Southern Soul. You know, they also call me Zaddy. They also call me Benito. So, I got three names, you know, oh. but yeah. Yeah, that's I'm doing my thing. That's what, so Miss Pam, Miss Pam Holmes, that's my cousin. She just said, you probably don't hey, remember Hey, Pam. But she must. She said what? She said, you probably don't remember her. He didn't change it. He said, she said, still glad that you got that voice. Where can I find your music? He on all streaming platforms, Pam. But uh, she must, she know you from somewhere. She said, you probably don't remember me. Let me see if he'll bring that comment back up. But she said her summer, she said summers in Canada, Arkansas. But she said she was a class of 94 at uh, e EHS. I do remember seeing that comment okay. up. So she's yeah, your auntie? She's my cousin. Oh, your okay. cousin. Here it is. It says, hey, Benito. Yeah, can you see it? I just, it went off. Oh, class of but it's okay. Okay, yeah. So he switched. I'm not sure if I seen her face. I don't know she, who she is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I seen her, I would know who she is. Yeah. So that's what's up. Club Summer. Yeah. At the club. Okay. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. So look, she know who you is. But that's good, <laughs> man. Like I say, I, I'm going to listen to some more of your music because I like the direction you're going in. That song <laughs> I Awesome. Of course, I I loved uh I miss you. That was 
that was a hit. So that's good to know that you were the person behind it. But yeah, that song was yeah. most a hit. So you know, one of the one of the hardest things I went in, I was in Walmart yesterday, and uh, the part that get me is when people walk up to me and say, "You still here?" or "You still singing?" or when they hear me sing and do what I do, "You still got it?" It don't make me trip, but I said to myself, "What made you thought I lost it?" Right. You know, because you don't see me no more all the time. I stay to myself. You know, that's just a part of life. I've always been Benito. I've always been the outgoing, cool cat. See, I ain't never had a problem with my people in town of being, you know, one of them stuck-up cats. Every time when I came home from, from Christmas, uh, the Hammer stuff back in the day, or from Cali after Hammer, I've always been the same. I right. ain't switch up on them. You know, we had a little incident back where they thought I was claiming something else, saying I I, I didn't give Elderly his props, you know, but I did. But at the time, when I went on national TV, on uh, BT. I said I'm from a little town in Arkansas. And because I did not say specifically El Dorado, people got mad at me. Mm -hmm. Then I went on a radio station in Little Rock one time on a 92.3 The Beat, Broadway Joe, and said, what's up to all my people in, in Arkansas? Even gave shout out to the brothers that was in, in, in prison, locked up. A lot of my knew them, you know. <laughs> they said, I said, I was saying, I was from Little Rock, not El Dorado. Wow. I'm like, what? What part y'all didn't hear? Right. I mean, y'all didn't. But anyway, the old saying is kind of true. At home, they don't really give you the love that you think you would get from being yep. at home until after you do something and become successful or whatever it is. But I want people to understand all your artists, what you do. You don't owe nobody nothing. You owe nobody anything. Right. You may make it, try to make it seem like mm -hmm. you owe what you do. What you did, it didn't have, it didn't contribute to you to the bottom nights, sending you on trips to go do what you had to do to get to where you are, then you don't owe them nothing. Yeah, I get to come across to speaking, but I don't owe you anything other than that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm going to go on. But people always want to congratulate you after you become successful. What about when I was trying to get there? Right. Just a part of right. I learned a lesson. And and I ain't mad at nobody. I ain't knocking, ain't throwing shade on nobody. It's just that know that I know. And when I see you, I'm still gonna smile and speak and keep it going. Right. Cause real recognize real. And if you wasn't there from the bottom, there you go. Don't care. There you me. go. Yeah. And that's a good yeah, thing. What, what I said that's a good thing that you didn't remain humble throughout the years because you know sometimes people will switch up, but I don't get that from you. I see that you you stay humble, you stay blessed through the whole process, and that's why you're continuing continuing to flourish. So that's all. That's that's love. That's it's almost love. like deja vu to me right now. Hmm. It's all happening again at a later age, but it's the development. Eddie Murphy said to me one time, "Singers never get old. As long as you can sing, you forever be in there. Because hmm. as long as you make a record and sing, a love women love balladeers. They love men that can sing to them." Mm -hmm. And I just thank God for my voice and my ability and my talent. I can still sing like I sing. Right. I'm an older man. How old do you think I am, Crystal? Well, I'm going to say you can't be no, you got to be early 50s. I'm going to say that. I just had a birthday last month on the 8th. Mm -hmm. I also shared a birthday with my daughter, my last child. I'm 54 years old. Okay. So now, now, you can see it now looking at the, the, 
with the the salt and pepper or whatever. Yes, but majority of time I diet. It be black. You can't tell. It takes it takes about eighteen years off my off my age. Okay. I love it. That great. Like, I'm forty four. Head full. I recently just died, man. But you gotta embrace that great. See? It's fine. It's cool. But remember, I'm in the entertainment business. Mm -hmm. Presentation rules the nation. You gotta be on point. Yeah. Be out in public. People see you. Like, Ooh, he like he broke. He got nothing. You know how we do. Right. Right. Oh, look, what are you driving? Right. <laughs> Our people, man. Our, Our people. We yeah. would put their tails down. Well, Ooh, you. he look like he. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I maintain. I'm good. God is good. That's that's good. So we have come up on our hour mark. I don't want to mm -hmm. hold you too much longer. But what mm -hmm. else you care? What's next for you? What's next for? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just gonna put it out to the universe because when you speak to the universe, the universe speaks back. I'm in the process of starting a new company in uh, 2024, and the name of the uh -huh. company is gonna be called the Kodiak Firm. Okay. And the Kodiak Firm is similar. It's gonna my symbol is gonna be a bear. A Kodiak bear, and it, it's it's a symbol of power, strength. Cause I'm the teddy bear anyway, so you know I ain't putting no soft bear on there. I'm putting a strong bear. And under the under the Kodiak firm, I will have a division of, of music, which I'm gonna go ahead and start trying to find me an artist, uh, managing artists to show them things that I know they would need to succeed in this music industry, as well as me being an artist myself. Ain't no conflict of interest here. Right. I'm just sharing the gift. I'm not a gatekeeper. You can't take it to, to, to the grave with you. Share the love. Share the knowledge. Let them know. If you want to seek it, if you want it, I ain't got no problem teaching it. But right. see, a lot of these young kids nowadays, they think they know everything. Can't tell them nothing. All right. Look, I always told this, and this is the truth. The players don't change. The game does. Exactly. You see the same people that was on a lower scale is now on a higher scale. How did they get there? Because they persevered and they kept pushing and made it to the top. Now, the same ones you look upon as being nothings, they're executives, and you got to deal with them. So be mindful how you treat people when you're on the way up. All saying, you're going to see them on your way down. So I ain't got to worry about none of that. As I ride and go, I'm going to see them. We're going to be all right. We're going to shake hands. We're going to do business. We're going to keep it moving. So that's what I would tell them. All of y'all, get your mind right and know what you're talking about. Don't jump out there get in the, in the water and can't swim. Learn right. how to swim first, or float at least. Learn how to float, then move forward, and you'll be successful. Exactly, knowledge is power, man. So I thank you for joining us tonight. We want to give you your flowers. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, you could have been doing anything else, but you chose to yeah. jump Star Magazine and rock it out with us tonight. And for that, we very much will appreciate you. I'm sure some people, if you haven't tuned on, you jump on. You, you mm -hmm. jump tonight, so. Yeah. On to take some notes, man. Let me uh, say this before I go. Go ahead, honey. I don't want no. I don't know kickback. No, no slapback. <laughs> Eldorado, Arkansas. I'm representing, baby. I'm representing for the town. So you can't say I didn't say it. I am from Eldorado, Arkansas. I yeah. represent Eldorado. I love y'all. I love you. I love you. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't want no. Don't come for him. He didn't already put it out there. He didn't get y'all out. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in again. Yeah. We appreciate you. Um, I'm most definitely 
going to listen to some more of your music and get a feel for it. And I'm going to look out for what's next to come. I'm going to de most definitely, uh, you know, follow you and, and keep it for what you have going on. I want everybody watching tonight to please follow me on my Benito page on Facebook. Follow me at Benito Glosson. Follow me on Twitter, TikTok, same name, Benito Glosson. You can follow me, but I prefer y'all follow me on my Benito page, the artist page. I'm trying to get to 10,000 followers. I'm about a thousand short. So I'm trying to reach them before the year's end. And everything else, I'm on Spotify, um, Amazon. I'm signed through DistroKid. I got a distribution with DistroKid with my music. So I'm on all the major platforms. So you can find Pandora, you name it. Look me up. I'm on YouTube all day long. All of my videos, all my songs. Put in Benito, Benito Glosser, G-L-O-S-S-O-N, and whatever, Benito, they all going to pop up. You see the videos. All righty. Y'all heard it here first, Mr. Benito. Make sure y'all uh, follow him on all his uh, social media handles and listen to his music. She said Benito. 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 All ben right, Crystal. <laughs> All right, huh? You have a, you have a, a great rest of the night, and it was uh, nice talking to you. J Rock, holla at me, homie. One love to everybody out there. I love y'all from the teddy bear. It's a teddy bear, Big Benito. The teddy bear. You can call me Zaddy Baby. <laughs> Good night.